This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Hello to you. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm not bad. It's the afternoon. There's sun, you know. Yes. Considering there's a raging global pandemic, I'm not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch the DNC? Did you watch it this week? Were you obsessed with it or tuning in and out? Yeah, no, I I watched some highlights. I just really didn't have it in me to sit and 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 watch it. And also, I'm trying to accept that like the DNC is not for me personally. It's not for people who are already committed to voting yeah. for for Biden. It is for people who are on the fence and centrist Republicans and yada yeah. yada yada. So yeah, I watched um, Kamala's speech. I watched. Brock and uh, Michelle's speeches and uh, Joe Biden's, they were all great. You know, I didn't mind that there was no crowd. Yeah, I liked I liked the way they did it. So I've been obsessively watching all the conventions forever. Yeah. And so it was, I like the new format. Like they should just keep it without a crowd forever. Yeah. Because like the speeches didn't drag on. They had, like you said, they are aimed at not progressives in the democratic party. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is like, as soon as you f- realize that's true, then it's so like the fourth night, all the Biden stuff last night was so heavy on religion. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they're not talking to me. So I don't care. Like, fine. If any of that, if John Kasich gets people to like, get some Republicans to vote for Biden, then you know what? I'm okay with them giving him time and not AOC because AOC's supporters are already voting for Biden if they're wise and smart about progressive policies. Yeah. And like, I get why people kind of had their hackles up about Kasich speaking because he's pretty famously anti-choice, but like right. really at this point, the enemy of the, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I would never vote for Kasich, but right. Use I, his endorsement, get the yeah. votes, then cut him out <laughs> and just, just ignore you, all those people. I'm a little stoked for the RNC just because I oh know that um <laughs> that St. Louis couple who like pulled yeah. guns on people in their street are gonna speak and I just want to know what they have to say. <laughs> I I have a wild guess as to what all of those people are going to say and none of it's very good. Like, it'll be weird to see a week that's based on, like, Joe Biden's biggest quality is he's a decent human. Right. Versus you can't say any of those things about Trump, which means the only thing they're relying on is fear and overhyping. Like, they'll take away everything, your guns, they'll take away your economy and your job. It's like no one has a job right now. (laughs) To be fair, they've been doing that for 30 years and continue to, uh, to bang that same drum. And sometimes they scare people, sometimes they don't. Right. But uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it as far as conventions go. And I don't know, there were parts of it where I'm just like, wow, they like the roll call where they had all the different states. And it's like, that was adorable. Matthew Shepard's Shepard's parent, the stuttering kid who was struggling with that. Like they had some moments where I'm like, there's no comparison. You can't do that with the Republican Party. No. What are you going to have? The little kid that Donald Trump helped one day when he didn't have anything to like gain from it personally? Yeah, and like, his, only, come on. his only black supporter just died. So like, <laughs> I'm just going to be looking at a sea of white people from like yeah. rural parts of their state. Now, I, I feel I, like I wanted to scream at people on Twitter like, yeah, I know it's religious. Yes, I know they have the Republicans there. It's not about you like and stop trying to pretend like well they're not reaching out to me personally yeah man this isn't the year to be like dealing with purity tests on people i get it i get that joe biden's most people not most people's first choice but four more years under trump like and like three more supreme court justices that he could appoint because they're in their late 80s yeah You know what I mean? Like, it's not about Biden. It's about the three gajillion people he has to appoint. And they could be smart and know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Or they could be Trump's friends who benefit from it. Like, it's not a hard choice. It's 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 not. And I don't have to love him. You 
like, get over it. It's not everything is about you. I don't get the selfishness and the privilege of some people. Well, some people just don't have a lot on the line. And I mean, that's just the reality of it. Most for the majority of people, a second, second term of Trump, while probably distressing, is not going to put them in mortal peril unless we don't get this COVID thing under control, in which case maybe. But like, it's very easy to to sit on your high horse and poo-poo the, the DNC. And there's reasons to, to um, criticize the Democratic Party. I'm not denying that. But th- there is shit on the line here. And we need to... We need to get Trump out. We need to get Kushner out. We need to get Ivanka Trump out. We need to get Betsy DeVos out. Like this shit has consequences. And yeah, I'm- I I know we've said this before, but too many, like if you can just say you can have that purity test and say he's not doing all the stuff I want him to do or need him to do, like how selfish and privileged do you have to be to say, you know what? I'm going to lay back and watch all these other people suffer for four years mm-hmm. at least Mm-hmm. And then some, because eh, I don't get everything I want. Like, yeah. God, how do you live your life that way? I don't understand it for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a strong bummer. And we're going to continue to uh, bang that drum through November, which is right around the corner. What the fuck? I know. I was surprised to see they were like, it's 75 days away. I'm like, I swear yesterday was 100. So it goes by I- fast. Yeah, time keeps happening. It's almost the end of August. It's my mom's birthday. Just a lot is happening. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, Let's talk. Okay, here's a surprising thing that Franklin Graham, evangelist Franklin Graham said, because, okay, if you're watching the convention, then especially on Thursday, which is all about Biden's biography and his life and everything, they hammered home, knowing that that was the night everyone's going to watch if they're going to watch it at all. They hammered home the faith aspect. So they had like Senator uh, Chris Coons, who is deeply religious Mm -hmm. and like a co-chair of the national day of prayer, like the one Democrat they have doing all that stuff, which is a problem in other cases. But saying basically, look, I know Joe Biden. He's a man of faith. He's a good guy, et cetera, et cetera. They had how many prayers and invocations and benedictions before and after the events. They had all these people Mm -hmm. talking about religion. Here's what evangelist Franklin Graham wrote about the event. And I want to point out, he posted this on Facebook, him or his minions posted this on Facebook as the convention is happening, which means there is a good chance he posted this while people were talking about God during the convention. (laughs) He said, in watching some of the Democratic National Convention on television this week, it has been interesting to see the absence of God. I don't believe America's finest hours will be in front of us if we take God out of government and public life, blah, blah, Mm. blah. It's like, what the hell were you watching that you missed all of it for four nights straight? Like, either there are only two options here for me. Either he's lying, which obviously, Mm. or two, he was so old and senile, he watched the wrong channel for four straight nights and no one had the heart to tell him. Can I offer... Option number three. What's option three? Is that he had that tweet queued up and ready to go <laughs> before the convention started. Yeah, he has it a week in advance. Yeah, out. exactly. That, that's like, how that's what I'm putting my money on. <laughs> that is a fair bet. I like that one. One. So the comments from people, like the, some of the ones that were getting the most likes. So if you sort it that way, you could see it. Um, were from a lot of people. I mean, granted, they're his critics, but they were like, Dude, I'm watching it right now. What the hell are you talking about? Are you here's, sure? one, here's one from a Christian uh, who pointed out, I saw God continually. I'm not going to say everything here, but she said, I saw God in calls for justice for murdered black people. I saw God in demands for access to health care for everyone, dot, dot, dot. And then here's the kicker at the end. Claiming there was an absence of God because God wasn't shown in the ways that Republicans have used God for decades doesn't mean God was absent. Maybe you didn't see God because you don't know what God looks like. Oh, dang. <laughs> Which is such a good point to make because you know when the Republican convention happens next week, they are going to have religious speakers, but they're all going to be white evangelicals or black people who support everything white evangelicals support right. and only that religion. There is no attempt to reach out to non-Christians, much less people without religious uh, without religion, Do a at quick all. Google of Muslims for Trump. 
<laughs> really quick. I mean, as with all these groups, you'll probably find a Facebook group with like three members and they will tout that as, look, we have supporters. Here's what was also surprising to me. Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council, who is always on like the wrong side of issues for everything when it comes to culture war issues, even he took note of the religion during the convention. And his argument was that I think he, I'm paraphrasing here. He's saying it's hypocritical that Joe Biden talks about the importance of religion while supporting policies that go against whatever true faith. You know, mm-hmm. he supports uh, pro choice policies and Catholics shouldn't be pro choice, whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's what Tony Perkins wrote The DNC's focus on Joe's faith is encouraging and instructive, encouraging that the DNC is talking about faith, even in a generic sense instructive to know why the disconnect exists between Joe's faith and his policies. And the answer to the disconnect is that Joe Biden and a lot of these Democrats Mm -hmm. understand, like, who cares what I believe personally? I am not your pastor. I'm not here to enforce my religious views as public policy. There is church-state separation. I respect that. I want to do what's best for the whole country, Mm -hmm. not use the government to force my religious views down your throat. And so, like, that's not a hard one. And, of course, Tony Perkins and the Christian right is like, what else is government for other than to force that stuff down everyone's throat? But even Tony Perkins, like, saw that they were talking about God. But Franklin Graham totally missed it. Like, just amazing. Yeah. No, that's not- their game plan. Um, Sorry, I did find a Muslims for Trump Facebook page. And it yes. has 1,500 likes. But I'm scrolling through the posts and no, it's nobody has liked or commented on anything (laughs) in like nine months, except for Uh one person who said I am Muslim and I support Trump is equivalent to saying I'm a tree and I support deforestation. You guys are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Success. And it's just like a lot of memes from whatever those. uh, It's always memes. That's the, Mm -hmm. that's, their idea of the Federalist Papers. Mm-hmm, like, just mm-hmm. post that stuff. Everyone will love it. It's um, bad Photoshop, too. Anyway. Of course it is. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the, the funniest thing is after watching two hours of the DNC talk about the importance of faith and how Joe Biden is a man of faith, Joe Biden in his speech said something like, you know, the Trump administration seems to be waiting for some miracle cure for the pandemic. Guess what? A miracle is not coming. It's like miracle is not coming. I, I mean, I really liked the way Joe Biden phrased that. Of just like he's praying for a miracle, it's not coming unless we fucking do something. Like it, right? I, if I you want to take credit for it later and say God brought us this, fine. But you still got to do the work first, and no one's you, doing that. Did you see Mike Pence's response to that? Uh that a miracle is coming. Yeah, or is that what yeah, you just said? I was no, no, I didn't say that, but uh. Yeah, he said, like, a miracle is coming, which suggests they're totally just going to pretend there's a vaccine before the election. And their followers, like the MyPillow dude, is dumb enough to believe that. Uh But, of course, the scientists have said we won't be able to have it done and tested and know its side effects and all that before the election. Like, we're working on it. We're getting there. Did you see... um Anderson Cooper's takedown of the MyPillow guy. I, I watched the whole damn thing. It was so uncomfortable to watch, like in the best possible way of just. So I went back and forth on this. So Anderson Cooper is obviously calling him out on all of his BS and saying, you're promoting some other drug, not hydroxychloroquine, but some other re- revamped version of it. And of course, there's no papers that say it's going to work. There's no proof that it's a good thing to take. And the whole, the guy's like, no, it works. You're going to. I've seen tests. You, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen th- studies. Show, show me your test. No. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It's, that's the whole thing. The that's how the left thing. wins. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm also mad. Like, why are you wasting your time giving him air time, Anderson? Like, why bring that guy on when he is, he's not the policy guy. He's a Trump shill, but he's not like a Burks or Fauci or someone who works with the administration, if not directly appointed by them to do this stuff. Like getting the MyPillow guy is a thing that'll get you virality and ratings, but it doesn't inform anybody of anything. It's just to embarrass him. 
Yeah, I, I understand what you mean, but I'm not too bothered by exposing um, exposing shills like that in no. such a blatant way. Because it's here's the thing is it's really infrequent that these people, you know, the my pillow guy get active pushback in real time. Yeah. Because normally when they go on Fox and Friends or wherever, it's just like everybody takes what they say say uncritically. They just listen to them and like move on, even if they don't necessarily agree with it. There's very little pushback that you see and like live TV and things like that. So I think it's great to see somebody who is selling snake oil get called a snake oil salesman. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it. I understand what you mean, and I do get that. Like, you know, giving people more airtime is not usually the right course of action. But I, I mean, think- if I thought what that, if I thought that clip would turn people away from whatever he's saying. Okay. I, I not convinced that is happening, but we'll see. Like, you're right. If it does, and if people could for the first time see that this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Great. Anyway, you'll see him for four days. I'm sure next oh week. God. <laughs> Cause he's like one of the only advertisers on Fox news right now. Like my pillow alone supports like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity's shows. All the other people have left. But you can watch like an infomercial for the pillows. You know That's what? The only guy who stuck around. I think I remember when the. Have you ever felt a my pillow pillow? No. If I remember right, I think I found one in like Bed Bath and Beyond in like the early aughts, and I think it just feels like a bunch of like <laughs> like a bunch of pine cones inside. A, it's like a bunch of individual like foamy. <laughs> things that make noise when you move when they move it's a terrible pillow but at least it's 70 dollars. oh good (laughs) i'm on his website and it is atrocious oh god i don't even want to know it's an assault it's (laughs) okay Uh, I have some good news this week Great. that I was not expecting. I didn't even have it on my radar, but it's exciting. Florida held its primaries on Tuesday for state oh, yeah. office in Congress. And one of the people who lost her primary race, an incumbent who lost the primary, was a Democratic state representative, Kim Daniels. And if you're not familiar with Kim Daniels, again, I want to repeat, she's a Democrat, Let me just give you a quick refresher on the stuff she's done as a Democrat Mm -hmm. while in the state house. She got elected in 2016, so she's only had a few years, but she has ranted against witches. Mm -hmm. She has pushed for in God we trust signs to be in public schools. Mm -hmm. Once in a sermon, because she is an apostle, uh, thanked God for slavery. Uh, She is black. She thanked God for slavery. What? Yep, there's video. She claimed to cure someone's cancer by putting a CD of Bible verses on that person's stomach, I guess, while they're lying in bed. That she doesn't wa- make internal sense. Mm-mm. She tried to force schools to offer Bible classes, not optional elective secular Bible classes, but like, mm-hmm. nope, we're forcing you to do it. Yeah. It didn't pass. She also, last year, she skipped the first day of the legislative session because yes. she was taking a segment on the 700 Club with Pat Robertson. I do remember that, yes. <laughs> and when during the show, they were like, why do people oppose your Bible class, Bill? And she said, people hate Christianity so much, they don't even want people to study the Bible. Yeah, like, that's, that's true. Not even close. So anyway, here's what I found interesting. I was going back through her electoral history. And it's one of those like very, very blue districts. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like whoever wins the Democratic primary will win the race. Right. But in 2016, there were just like half a dozen candidates for that seat. And she eked out a win. She got like mm-hmm. a third of the votes, which was more than enough sure. to win that plurality. And then she crushed her opponent in 2018 she had one opponent who she scraped by she had like 54 55 percent to their 45 but we're talking very low number of votes Uh um so she made it through again they the gop didn't even put up a candidate and this time around she had an actual progressive democratic challenger a community organizer uh her name is angie nixon who's also black and so like you can't 
hold that against or for either one of them because Kim mm-hmm. Daniels would say like, no, I represent this community. Well, guess what? You can't use that line anymore. Mm-hmm. And Angie Nixon won 60% of the votes. And now there is no GOP opponent because even they know what they're up against wow. uh, in this community. So Kimberly Daniels is gone. She put up a Facebook message. I will say this during her Facebook live chat on Tuesday night, she said, and I kind of appreciate this. She kind of said, like, listen, I accept what happened tonight. I always told God, like, if the people don't want me to be in this seat, then I will find something else to do, which is mm-hmm. the right way to take it. Sure. She did tell a local paper, I'm not finished in the political arena. The wow. last time I lost my race for the city council, I ended up in the House of Representatives. Like, that's why she ran. <laughs> so where is God taking me now? To which the answer is probably the GOP. What does she think? She's a white dude just I, failing up all the failing time? Failing up, man. So, uh, but <laughs> I was, I, there was so much going on Tuesday night. I didn't even capture the fact that she lost, but uh, had to bring that up. Yeah, that's great. That's very that good news. Awesome. What else happened? Um, my list here. Oh, you know what I want to talk about yeah. is um, Tom Brenneman. Oh, yes. So uh, he is a, the announcer for the Reds, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. It's a, uh, Hemant, it's a baseball team. Baseball. Baseball is the Got one it. with the sticks in the ball. Got it. Got really it. Fast. Yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> um, so he somehow let it, let a slur slip. I think they came back from a commercial break, had the microphone on and the video on, but he didn't know he was on air. Like I was watching the clip of this and it's just like 10 more seconds of an overhead head view of the field mm-hmm. that you would have when you zoom in from break and then they go to the action. But it was just 10 seconds of just overhead shot of the field and the mic is on. Yeah. And what was his? Um, I think I don't know what he was referencing, but he said something like, well, we're in the FAG capital of something. And it's like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. And there, and no and one commented. Like, there, it was just it, him saying that. It was a doubleheader against Kansas City, which I don't think is necessarily known to be a particularly yeah, high I, population of gay people. Whoops. I have no idea what it was in reference to. I don't think any of the people knew because we just saw that out of context, like 20 second clip that people were passing around one night. And almost immediately, I think, like, what was weird is he said that thing. Mm. There was a long pause, which I wish the camera was on him because I uh-huh. want to see the reaction when he's like, oh, the microphone is on. Yeah. But then at some point, like a half inning later or an inning later, he just dives into an apology. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. <sighs> yeah. Like- so the wild thing that happened was that he did the apology during an at bat. And I guess <laughs> <laughs> apparently the guy had three balls against him. I wasn't watching this game. No. I heard the second hand. He had three balls against him. Traditionally, if you're a batter and you have three balls against you, you're not going to swing at, you know, at the Anything. fourth pitch and hope yeah. to draw a walk. Um, and so that's when he jumped in and started doing his apology just because he felt, mm. it, you know, and it makes sense. You, Nothing important is happening on the field. Right. But midway through his apology, uh, Nick Castellanos uh, hit a home run. <laughs> so basically saying, I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I uh-huh. don't know if it'll be for the Reds. And this one is gone. It's I don't know if it's so going to be for wild. my bosses at Fox. Maybe that's what happened, right? He had three <laughs> three balls and then he started apologizing. Oh the Reds went out there. There's your combining. Oh, things. apparently I'm combining two things according That's to my okay. husband. But yeah, he was he apologized for it. No count hit a grand slam already up by seven. Oh. And there was him swung, but then he apologized. I'm conflating two stories. Okay. I don't I don't know what's going on, but there was a home run and he was apologizing during it as Mikey is explaining it. Um but I would say like as he's apologizing for this and as he's saying all that. One of the things he said in there, which the New York Times did not mention in their article about it, is he said, like, this doesn't represent who I am. I made a terrible mistake. And he said something like, I'm a man of faith, which is a weird thing to say, because I only hear that sort of thing from people who claim to be people of faith. Yeah, I also 
I think maybe the that's not who I am. I don't use language like that or whatever to me is in a sea of disingenuous apologies. To me, that's the worst because like, sir, that's provable. You absolutely do use the, that yeah, language. That's what you were saying when you thought no one was listening. Yeah. And like, I just, uh, I don't know, man. Like it's, I've talked to a few friends like this of um, people who like, oh, they accidentally, they say they accidentally use the N word or the yeah, F yeah. word or whatever. And it's like, you don't accidentally say that unless you frequently use it when nobody else is around. Cause like, I have never slipped and used the F slur. I have slipped and used like the R slur in recent years, like, because that's the thing I used to say because I was an idiot, like, and was insensitive mm-hmm. and an asshole. But like, I would never accidentally call somebody the F slur. That's just not a thing that's it's in not in your vocabulary brain. anymore. So why would it so come the out? The idea of like, oh, I don't know what happened. I was possessed by a homophobic demon or whatever. <laughs> like, man, I don't know. Yeah, it was a weird incident. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen right now. He was scheduled to do obviously more baseball games. He was scheduled to do football games for Fox. He's not oh, doing really? any of those. He's suspended from all of that right now. Um, but yeah, again, I don't even know how you apologize to the point where you could redeem yourself because, like you said, if this is clearly just stuff he says anyway, right. um, that's a weird thing to what do you what are you apologizing for? It didn't just slip out. Um the I will say the the Reds, uh like social media team and all that, they jumped on it relatively quickly and yeah. just said like this isn't what our organization represents we're suspending him immediately we'll investigate it like they jumped on it and said like uh we do not tolerate anything like that right and fox sports as well um they said it was ex- they're extremely disappointed they said what uh what brenneman said was abhorrent unacceptable and not representative of the values of fox sports which whatever but you know it, <laughs> it, and it does all all of this kind of taken as one event it does sort of shine a light on how far we've come as a society that like fox sports is suspending somebody for using the app slur like i will say fox sports and fox animation is different than fox no, 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 I know, parent but, company though but yeah like it's no, no, good that a broadcast network is like not just apologizing, we'll look into it and not doing anything. Like, they're very much on one side here. We do not tolerate that. Good. I mean, that's what it should be. I kind of also want to know what the hell he was talking about, but whatever. I am dying to know what the gay capital of the world is, according to this guy, because I bet he has a really nuanced view. (laughs) What led up to that statement? Like, what were they talking about during the commercial? His producer? (laughs) Right? Yeah. I feel like we're not hearing something completely here. Speaking of which, where is this story? So um, recently, so we've seen a lot of um, stories about what we have all dubbed Karens freaking out in um, in stores because they're asked to uh, to put a mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, a a man was uh, a man in the Bay Area w- was captured on camera doing the same thing, um, and he's confronted by he's in Marshalls. Um, in Campbell, I don't know where that is, uh, around San Francisco. He, his name is Tim Gaskin. He was captured by a couple employees who he called one, the F slur. He, I think yelled at somebody for being Mexican or something. He called them dumb repeatedly. That's how, du- that's how st- you don't know the law. That's how stupid you are. Talking about putting on a mask in the Talking store. Talking about putting on a mask. They told him to do it. He flips out. Yeah. Um, and so he's thrown the F slur around. He's being like a real asshole. And then at one point he starts to unzip his pants like he's going to pull his dick out. As one does. As one does when they're confronted to. Ugh, anyway. Um, so that's all it is what it is. We've seen this. We've seen similar stories a few different times. But what's different about this is that t- Tim Gaskin apparently is a sort of pillar in the uh in the lgbtq community um he was in 2004 he hosted a weekly talk show called outspoken for comcast it was um comcast excuse me public access that addressed gay issues he um he hosted a television show about san francisco real estate in 2006 called open house that was described as antiques roadshow meets 60 minutes so he's been 
he's been featured in Out Magazine. Like he, he should know so better than prominent. using slurs, uh, anti-gay slurs, nonetheless. No, uh, no less. Yeah. So it's because I watched the video, and it's a pretty upsetting video. He's a real douchebag. But then when you find out that he's supposedly an an advocate for gay rights, and he's thrown around the f slur like. Like a guy who wants claims to be an ally who, yeah. oh, this is what you do when your mic is on and you think no one's watching or whatever. Like, oh, man. Yeah, so that happened um, just in, in terrible men news. <laughs> so we're speaking of assholes. Here's the next. I want to talk about this. This was a, there's a subreddit called Am I the Asshole? Okay, Hemet, I just yeah. saw that you tweeted this out and I saw the headline of like Catholic mom asked of something and I was like, oh yeah. my God, I hope it's an Am I the Asshole and I hope he brings it up on the show because Am I the Asshole is maybe my favorite corner of the internet. It is a wonderful. I mean, the gist of it is people tell stories like this happened with my boyfriend mm-hmm. and, you know, he said this and I said this. Who's the asshole in this situation? Right. And it's- kind of put it out there and say, here's both sides. I think I'm right, but you tell me, am I the asshole? But an, an example, a recent one I saw was a dude and his wife were pregnant with their second kid. They already had a daughter and they had a gender reveal party. Um, and he was really hoping for a boy. And then at the gender reveal party, it was going to be another girl. And he stormed out of the baby shower <laughs> and was like, I just needed a second. I was so upset. I just wanted a kid I could throw a ball around with and go camping. Because obviously women can't do that. You know that yeah, about yeah, uteruses. Yeah, of but and like I just needed a second, and now everybody's telling me I'm the asshole. I don't think I'm the asshole. Like sometimes it's that black and white of like this person is a monster and doesn't have the wherewithal to be like, yeah, that was monstrous. Nobody's gonna be on my side. They all and think everyone me. responds with uh, you YTA. You're the, the asshole. asshole or NTA, yeah. not the asshole. There's right. also a um that's on reddit there's also on twitter uh am i the asshole that i follow and i'm uh, i've lost hours to the i I literally have stories i have a text thread dedicated to sharing these stories with my friend (laughs) like it's a weirdly big part of my life anyway very very enjoyable yeah so the mother this catholic mother writes in to am i the asshole and here is uh, the it's a long story. I'll give you the gist of it. Basically, she is a Catholic mom. She goes to church every Sunday. She has a 16 year old son. The son is an atheist. He's been an atheist for like two years. And she is OK with that. She says, that's fine. I love him. And now I'm quoting. But because we are a Catholic family that goes to church and believes in God, I she told him, quote, every Sunday he doesn't attend I would disable his internet access for the day. And he was to read a book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Mm-hmm. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Because that is what we do as a family. And if he doesn't want to participate, then he shouldn't expect free reign of the internet. Um, she went on to say that uh, this past weekend, her son found a workaround. She turned off whatever the switch is at their house, turned off the internet, her son finds a way around it. So he is using the internet. And later on, they got into a fight about this. And the son says that if she keeps doing that, he will, quote, sever all contact when he moves out, not invite us to his graduation or wedding, never allow his kids near us, and throw us in a nursing home until we die. Our <laughs> And she said to him... He's 16 again. She says to him, if you want to cut me off, then fine. No college funding for you. No computer engineering degree for him. Um, So she asked Reddit, am I the asshole? Oh, the responses to this mother's action. (laughs) My favorite response. You're You're the asshole. He will find another way to pay for college. You won't find another way to replace your child. Yeah. And then, by the way, Lee Strobel is a complete hack, and that book is not legitimate scholarship. <laughs> another another response. I'm glad your son plans on cutting you out of his life, and I don't blame him at all. Another response uh, from a practicing Catholic. You are, are what gives us a bad name. You're a controlling, ignorant fanatic who's more concerned with perception than reality. Yes. Jesus wept. YTA. <laughs> another person. YTA and a psychopath of a parent, he's old enough to choose what he believes. 
and my another one, YTA, this is why religion gets a bad rap. You really think punishing him is going to get him to wake up one day and say, oh, this Catholic thing is pretty cool. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I don't know. I wish when I was 16, I had the wherewithal to threaten my parents with going to a substandard <laughs> nursing home. <laughs> I know. I can I, see them this weekend. I'll try that one out. Yeah, give it a shot. See how it goes. But here's, I have a happy ending for you here. Okay. Um, one is I tried to reach out to this mother to see if she would respond because it turns out she had a change of heart oh. and I wanted to get to the bottom of it. She did not respond to me, but she did add an edit to her original posting. Okay. And the edit says she read through a lot of what people were saying. And she writes, after doing so, I've begun to question everything, my faith, family, and how I go about things. And now I feel quite terrible for all that I have done. Okay. I, that's a weird thing to do within the span of 48 hours. Now you're questioning your faith. Like no one was even going after you for that. So I don't know how much of that I believe. And I don't know what actions she is taking to remedy this if she feels differently. But on the off chance, she actually did read it and did change her mind about this stuff. Great. I, I want more. She hasn't said anything else. Yeah, that is the problem with the Am I the Assholes. It's like they do a lot of world building and you get very invested in these people's <laughs> lives and then you just never hear what happens next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. That does seem like a pretty wild... Um, Pretty well leap. However, I don't know, maybe she's just ten- tends to be around like-minded people and it never occurred to her that what she thinks is good parenting, which is pushing her Catholic beliefs on her kid, yeah. maybe isn't as good. And, and I don't know, maybe if you hear back from like other Christians and other Catholics and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, you, you, I could see you reconsidering some shit. Maybe. I mean, I think being a Catholic where it's easier to find a community of ex-Catholics mm. and people who get what that kid is going through. Uh-huh. And I wonder if that made a bigger difference. Because it's not like the case of Christ were, was written for Catholics. That's right. not geared toward them. Right. But other Catholics have definitely had that experience, I'm sure, of having their parents force them to go to a Catholic school or go mm-hmm. to church or whatever. And of course, they so many of them end up leaving. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think that's probably a rude away. I bet she thought it was just empty threats of you're, I'm, I'm going to cut you out of my life. And she thinks he'll come to the senses. But I think in 2020 versus 20, 30 years ago, people do not have, I think the same obligations to keep toxic family members in their life. Like we've mm-hmm. kind of learned collectively that just because somebody is related to you or married into your family does not mean you owe them affection yeah. or companionship or, or anything. And I think a lot of parents don't realize that, or, you know, a lot of boomers and maybe even older Gen Xers don't quite grasp onto that. But yeah, like that shift, that demographic shift and how many people are just pushing back. Yeah. I've all. gotten in huge fights with family members because I told them like, if I found out my dad was a horrible racist who voted for Trump, I don't think I'd remain in contact with him. And they were fucking appalled. Did I mention I'm not especially popular on that side of my family? <laughs> Anyway, uh, I had another piece of like actual good news. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you a backstory here. I was going through, there's an organization, the Center for Free Thought Equality. They do a lot of, it's an arm of the American Humanist Association. They do endorsements for candidates and a lot of political stuff that a regular nonprofit can't do. Okay. Good people. Uh, they recently released a public scorecard. You know, they do this thing where we're going to grade all the House members of the Senate Uh, on a variety of our bills and they were releasing it and I was getting ready to post something about it. And there were 12, uh, there were 13 members of the house that got a perfect score. And I was looking through the list and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Like 12 of the members who got a perfect score are members of the congressional free thought caucus, which doesn't surprise me. They're really good on church state separation issues and religious freedom issues and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, who the hell is the 13th? that uh, somehow made the list, right? Uh-huh. And it was Representative Rashida Talib of uh, Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, who is a member of the quote-unquote squad, a friend of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, someone right. who is routinely labeled as an extremist, even though she's totally not. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets labeled as an anti-Semite, and I think that's just because she's Muslim and relatively moderate about that. 
and so people just say horrible things about them ilhan omar they do the same thing aoc they do the same thing but i'm like oh that's cool to see like rashida talib got a perfect score too mm-hmm. and then i'm looking through the individual bills that they were using to calculate the score and i realize you can only get a perfect score by their standards because mm-hmm. the center for free thought equality set up the bills that mm-hmm. they had to support and they said we give extra points for this one because it's more dear to us and mm-hmm. our issues and one of the things they said is if you are a member of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus, you can get like a bonus point by our grading system. And I'm like, well, then why the hell is Talib on that list? Because she's not in the Free Thought Caucus. So right. this begins a back and forth where I'm like, why did she get a score? Because she's not in the caucus. And they're like, yes, yeah, she is. And I'm looking for any evidence of this anywhere. Because like if you go to Wikipedia, which is obviously not the end all be all source, <laughs> she's not listed there as a source my own records i'm like i've never mentioned her as a as a member of the caucus the last time there was an update it was two members one of them being sean caston who lives not far from where we are Mm -hmm. um i'm like yeah that that was a year ago i'm like there hasn't been any change in the membership and i'm looking i'm googling has anyone even mentioned this and there was only like one other website like a secular coalition for america website that Mm -hmm. listed her as a member i'm like but her office never announced it they never announced it. There is no record of anyone saying she got into the caucus. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, can you guys verify if she's in this caucus? They reached out. The Center for Free Thought Equality reached out to Representative Jared Huffman, who runs the caucus, mm-hmm. the only non-theist in Congress. He said, yep, she's a member. Oh, hmm. okay. Then they reached out to Representative Talib's office. And finally, like a day later, they verified she's a member. It's still not up on her house website yet, but they (laughs) said she's a member. So she's a member, which is awesome. Like there are now 13 members of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. She's the Mm -hmm. latest one. She's the only Muslim in that group. But again, who cares? Like 12 12 of the 13 are religious in some way, but they all support, just to be clear, what do they support in the Free Thought Caucus? They support reason-based public policy, Mm -hmm. church-state separation, opposing discrimination against atheists, Mm -hmm. and championing freedom of thought around the world. Like it should be a caucus of everyone in Congress, but it's not. Sure. Um, But that is, she may be arguably one of the most uh, a lot of qualifiers there, but she's one of the most highest profile members in Congress uh, who is also in that caucus, which was very exciting to see. So I genuinely enjoyed seeing that. And on the same side of that, I'm going to bring up one other story because it involves her as well. Uh, one of the people who recently won a primary uh, is Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia, who won a Republican primary in a very Republican district, which mm-hmm. means she'll likely be a member of Congress. Is this and a she, QAnon lady? She is a member and, or not member, they don't have a membership, but like, yeah, she is a QAnon supporter. She spreads the QAnon conspiracy theory, which in short is an idea that someone inside the government has the highest ranking security clearance, which is a level Q, and they are like, trying to dismantle the deep state. And Trump knows this, and he gives everyone codes during his press conferences and rallies. Um, she supports that crazy conspiracy theory. Even Sometimes she denies it, and other times she's like, but really, I support it. She also supports 9-11 truther conspiracies and all that. She's insane. She's and she's alone. Yeah, she's gonna be in Congress. But someone, some people uncovered video of early 2019 when she was merely a political commentator Mm -hmm. and they found video of her basically going to Washington DC, hunting down Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar who are very progressive Muslims and members of the squad and Mm -hmm. outspoken Democrats, basically trying to confront them to get them to retake their congressional oaths on a Bible instead of the Quran because it doesn't count to her if it's not on the Bible, which is not true in any way whatsoever. She also said in the video, they should really go back to the Middle East if they support Sharia, which by the way, they're from like Tlaib. I don't know where she was born, but like she lives in Michigan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like like that sort of dumb stuff. That is uh, scary. Yeah. Um, Not great for us as a collective i'd say (laughs) 
Like you don't have to swear an oath on the Bible. Uh, Kirsten Cinema, the one of the unaffiliated members of Congress in the Senate, she swore an oath on like law books and mm-hmm. the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, people use different books all the time. I think we had a story earlier this year. Someone swore in on a Dr. Seuss book in her local government because that's her kid's favorite book. Aww. Like you're you're just supposed to swear in on something that has meaning to you. And you may recall that when Roy Moore, the the alleged pedophile was running, he had a spokesperson who went on oh, CNN with Jake Tapper. And they, he was like, you have to swear an oath on the Bible. And Tapper's like, no, you don't. No one, you don't have to swear an oath on the Bible. And, and that guy just had his jaw drop. Like You can what? see him sold apart from his body. It was it glorious. Amazing. What uh, what book do you think you would, um, Ooh. would swear on? Oh, man, that's a good question. I don't think it would be like a straight up atheist book or anything. No, me neither. Like five years ago, I probably would have said. Constitution does make sense. Maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, it would have said one of the Harry Potter books. But that's not sort of the vibe I'm going for. What's the book that references this is what I'm fighting for. This is what I support. And if you want to make any headlines from it, do something more interesting but plenty of plenty of lawmakers do it on any number of different books. Even there, uh, the famous, I think Obama did one of his oaths on like the Jefferson, the original Jefferson Bible, which had like the miracles cut Ooh, out. The Jefferson Bible is good. I do have an affection for the Jefferson Bible. You know what? I just finished this week, Dante, uh, Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, which is like a really sweet YA queer romance. Okay. Um, and I, at this point in my life, and now I'm reading a book about the radium girls, um, which is <laughs> about, but the, no, 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 no. This is about um, the radium girls were these women who worked in factories in the uh, 19 teens and twenties. Um, and they painted uh, uh, radium onto clock uh, watch faces. So they glowed in the dark. Oh. And so they were just constantly exposed to radium and they were told to like, use their lips to make the the brushes pointier. So these women were just uh, ingesting radium and it is upsetting. Is that, that's a novel or that's a true one? No, no, it's a true story. Oh, okay. The radium girls. It's very good. I've been reading a book for the first time in forever. Uh, I'm trying to find it right here. Uh, Tana French faithful place. I've gotten recommended by so many people. It's like a murder mystery novel sort of thing. Okay, I'm listening. Um, and she has a whole series, but like, it's good. I'm into it. It's something different. What that was, has what's nothing. Called? Faithful Place, but which is in the middle of the series, but the books are disjoint. You could read them all in any order. Uh-huh. But uh, it's been good so far. It's been interesting. Um, let me bring up. Okay, this is amusing to see because I was surprised to see it. There is a group of about 2,500 Christians, evangelical Christians, who have signed a statement that basically urges crazy Christians to listen to science when it comes to COVID. And so this is this statement comes from a group called BioLogos, which is actually founded by Dr. Francis Collins, who now runs the National Institutes of Health. He is famously evangelical Christian and like one of the top scientists in the country. He has nothing to do with the statement, but his organization basically says it makes five recommendations to other Christians. Okay. Uh, One of them is you should all pray, which is a useless thing to say, but okay, you got to stick it in there. Otherwise it won't be a Christian statement. Uh uh Here's the four useful suggestions they make. We encourage you to wear masks. Like whenever you're in public, uh, get vaccinated whenever it becomes available and it's safe. Mm-hmm. Correct misinformation whenever you see it online. Okay. And work for justice by helping communities that are disproportionately impacted by the virus. Huh. Yeah. So like good four out of five really good ideas. And basically they're saying they do it in the language of like Christianese. Like, yes, we believe in God and we believe God wants these scientists Mm -hmm. to do their research and we should listen to the scientists because that's what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, One of the things they said is uh, that kind of made me laugh. The word science has become a weapon in the culture war. Scientists are vilified and their findings ignored while conspiracy theories go viral. Sadly, Christians seem just as susceptible to these trends. (laughs) come on thoughtful christians may disagree on public policy in response to the coronavirus but none of us should ignore clear scientific evidence 
which is true. But I'm like, why are you surprised that Christians are falling for BS? That's kind of the point. Yeah, like <laughs> religion does not necessarily covet critical thinking. So it's really unfair for you to be to be shocked when you're when you've raised a bunch of non-critical thinkers. I saw that statement and my mind immediately went to John Kasich standing in that stupid crossroads background saying you should <laughs> vote for Joe Biden. Like really? You? You're the one saying this? Hemet, it's a metaphor. The crossroads. We're at the crossroads of America. (laughs) Like, I don't support... America. (laughs) When I saw that thing, I'm like, well, I don't like John Kasich, but look, if if he gets some Republicans to vote for Biden, fine. Fine, I'll take it, then I will ignore you. I will take every vote. I will, I feel the same way about this statement. Like, really, evangelicals, now you're like, listen to the science. Like, have you met you? But okay, if if people listen to you because it's coming from inside the tent, you are Christians speaking to other Christians, they will listen to you guys way before they listen to us. Right. Like, fine, take it. I'm happy with it. But I just want to, I feel like, they should have at least acknowledged the fact that part of the reason we're even in this mess mm-hmm. is because white evangelicals have actively opposed science, scientific policies right. forever. Um, and I was looking through the list of like the main signatories because there's like the petition everyone can sign that mm-hmm. any person can sign. And then there's the list of like, yeah, but we got like 20 really special people and we're going to highlight them here, which is normal. Like everyone does that when you put out a statement like this. One of those so quote unquote famous people who signed this was Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, who is the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference okay. and also part of Trump's evangelical circle of people. Um, Like he's the Latino outreach for the Trump administration. You know what I mean? Uh And this guy signs this statement because he like on issues of immigration, he's actually been pretty decent about like Mm -hmm. what Trump is doing is wrong. We need to have legal immigration. Fine. Um, But he signed this. But I was looking through his past stuff. He put out a statement saying singing in church without masks should be permitted, which is stupid. He also was on a a podcast with another guy who said Satan went ballistic and that's why we have the pandemic to which Rodriguez responds. I agree. Like, dude, Satan didn't cause this. And he wrote an article. Rodriguez wrote an article in May when the pandemic is still raging Mm -hmm. saying churches should reopen because the government shouldn't be allowed to keep them closed. Like, did that guy either have, did he suddenly like find Jesus and accept science? Cause that would be news to me. Right. He hasn't done it yet. Um, and I don't know when he's going to apologize for spreading misinformation since he's been doing that repeatedly. I, and also it's stupid to tell other Christians, listen, we need you to listen to science and accept science on this stuff. Not because it's science, but because the people who are studying it are experts in the matter. They know right. what they're talking about. But like Ken Ham will tell you, I, respect science i accept science like he says that it's not unless, true yeah unless science says something that he disagrees with yeah, which flat does earthers are like yeah, flat earthers are like we like science science is on our side we did yeah. science that's why the earth is flat we're so flat. good at science like all these people will tell you they support no one says i reject science anti-vaxxers don't say i reject vaccines i just want them on a timely schedule like they always have those caveats so you can't just say listen to science accept Mm -hmm. science you have to acknowledge here's where we're going wrong and they didn't do any of that so i don't i wish this statement would work i don't trust that it will get anywhere but nice try maybe uh, yeah, not great. Um, hey, speaking of Ken Ham, wait, he's yes. the encounter guy, right? He is. Sometimes I get all those boys mixed up. Um, so on Monday, this past Monday, what date is this? Yeah. Um, the Ark Encounter announced that it's going to hold the world's largest Christian music festival in 2021. <laughs> So I saw that and I'm like, this is stupid, right? They're going to have some giant concert and give everyone COVID. Is that what they're trying to do here? So I was looking at this and I was like, because they touted this as we're making a big announcement tomorrow. It'll be Mm -hmm. huge. I'm like, what the hell are you doing now? And that was the announcement. Huge concert, 40 days, 40 nights of concerts. Uh And then they had an announcement video. And what it sounds like they're doing by my best guess is they're just going to have musicians stop in and out 
like like you're at a Potbelly's like sandwich <laughs> shop and there's someone playing the guitar, but like Sorry. everyone's eating around you. It's your best example. I don't know where else music. they play. I don't know where they play guitar and no one's paying attention. Like everyone's just doing their thing, yeah. but there's music in the background, live music. Like I think that's what they're doing. They're bringing in gospel singers and sure, maybe some people will come for the music, but like. It doesn't sound like this is some giant concert that we need to worry about. Right. They're just trying to bring people in for any reason they can because no one's coming right now. Yeah. And it's also like, listen, it's not till 2021. There are some really famous bands like the Hoppers and the Booth Brothers, which I I know. Oh, yeah. You're a yeah. huge fan of Karen Peck and New River. Pick up um, all of her retro album mm-hmm. greater visions debut album was really formative to me wow. um <laughs> but i mean so anyway it's it's not till next august which hopefully will <laughs> yeah. be a little bit back to normal Maybe. But, but to me just sort of the optics of announcing a huge music festival yeah. in the midst of a pandemic is like by the way that great. video that he made with some of the singers like in a little half semicircle uh-huh. in, with the arc in the background, mm-hmm. they clearly made it during the day when no one was at Ark Encounter. There are no people walking around in the right. background. Right. Like, dude, now is not the time to try to bring in a gazillion people for yeah, a concert. It's, it's what I, like I understand they're floundering and whatever they have to do, what they have to do. Um, I have one more fun story. Okay. Um, do you know who James Blunt is? I know like two of his songs. Okay. The one with so, the stalker. Uh, yeah. So uh, James Blunt's first album is Back to Bedlam. James Blunt. I just want to see what year it was. So when I was, I did a semester in London and that was like when he blew up. Okay. And so that song. Um, uh, You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's called. Yeah. I'm just seeing when it was out. Um, anyway, I just, oh, and Goodbye, My Lover. Um, yes. Those are my entire discography. I did own that album and I did like it. And I'm that is not the whitest thing you have ashamed of it. Uh-huh. But and also he's like kind of a funny dude on Twitter. Like he's very self-effacing. Like he'll if somebody's like, How can I write like the creepiest love song of all time? He'll be like, Too late, did it. Like it's <laughs> he, he, I thought he was That's like the best kind of celebrity. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thought he was one of the good ones. Um what do you do? <laughs> Sorry, it's just so stupid. <laughs> Um, Why is he in the news? He once developed scurvy after adopting a meat-only diet to piss off the women in his university classes and assert his masculinity. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. He ate a diet of only meat to Uh be a man. Uh Uh-huh. And now he has scurvy. He got scurvy. So this would have been the mid... This is a while ago. This is the mid-90s. Um... But he was studying. He's he's also a, a vet. Wait, so this story just came out now. Yeah, it was just on um, Jesse Ware's podcast, pa- uh, Table Manners. Okay, he was on it and he revealed it. So obviously, oh. it's not. So I guess he's not like a capital B, capital O bad one. Like I think he's. He did something stupid way back when. Yes, as we- so moral of the story: be vegetarian. I guess he said. Um, he ate almost nothing but meat and condiments for two months while studying oh. aerospace manufacturing, engineering, and sociology at the University of Bristol in the mid-90s. The, exception- the eccentric diet was part of an effort to assert his masculinity as some of his degree classes were dominated by women. Quote, on the sociology side of things, there were 170 girls and only three boys. All the girls were vegetarians or vegans. So out of principle, I decided I'd become a carnivore and just lived in mint, <laughs> some chicken, and maybe some mayonnaise. And it took me about six to eight weeks to get very unhealthy and see a doctor who said, I think you've got the symptoms of scurvy. <laughs> no wonder he had to stalk women in his songs because they wouldn't go up to him. So if anybody ever asks me what toxic masculinity is <laughs> again, literally. it's literally this man gave himself scurvy, <laughs> the thing that pirates got because they didn't have access to fucking lemons. 
to own the ladies. I think it's genuinely the funniest thing I've heard in quite a long time. It's brought me so much glee. <laughs> Jezebel. <laughs> Um, they fu- their headline was James Blunt developed scurvy after adopting an all meat diet to assert his masculinity. Filed under dumb men. I just, <laughs> everything about it makes me laugh. Now re- I didn't realize before I was in the nineties and was in the before times, so he's he's not on my shit list. But like, <laughs> oh boy, oh is that funny to me? Ooh. Like it, it's kind of on par with the people who've been shooting themselves in the in the dick to own the libs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I have my gun on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, super owned. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for you to make that case after you're out of the hospital. Oh my god, I'm so excited about that story. It made me laugh so hard. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm ex- I'm not excited. I'm I'm eager to see what the Republicans do next week during that convention. Should be a <laughs> giant shit show. Oh, it's gonna be a fucking mess i cannot just like imagine the demographics of the republican party and like how they're all gonna have to learn how to use zoom or whatever it's gonna be they're doing in person live like the democrats have that yeah they in charlotte i think they had the democrats have that beautiful uh vote counting like i give my delegates to joe biden from alabama uh they did that across the country with a lot of cameras and everyone recorded it was cute because like everyone did their local flair you know they're doing that in person at the RNC. Oh, and no, that's bad. That's bad. One example of it. But like I but here's the thing. In 2016, because again, I'm obsessed with this stuff. I watched both of them. I watched every minute of both of them. And I felt the same way. The Democrats had like Kieser Khan. They had all these, they had a trans woman on stage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, this is amazing to watch. I've never seen anything like this from a political party. And then I watched the Trump one. It's like, it's just people yelling, lock her up. It's yeah. insane. And then clearly we know how that turned out. So I'm like, it could, it's going to be a shit show. And ultimately, will it even matter? I don't think so. But no, I mean, uh, I don't. I, 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 maybe this is very naive of me, but I do not understand how anybody is undecided right yeah. now. Yeah. Because it's just, it just the whole the DNC culture. was reaching out to the, the handful of people who might be undecided or are Republicans who may be able to be persuaded not to vote for Trump. Right. And, and when I say undecided, like I understand there's people like waffling about voting for Biden because of whatever, um, which is, uh, we talked about that already, yeah. but like, I feel like there there can't be met or maybe there are. I, I just can't imagine there's that many people who are like, ooh, Trump or Biden, they're so yeah. similar. Like, yeah, how do you how can you possibly make that argument? Both sides are the same. Like I have heard that from some liberals. Oh, of course, too. because a lot of liberals fucking suck too. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't know. Like I I saw a tweet, I don't remember who it was from. But some like GOP strategist was like, the DNC, the Democrats would have a much harder time if COVID hadn't happened because it would have ha- it would have been a booming economy. And what would they say about them? It's like, yeah, well, he's it's still different. racist. <laughs> Even so, yeah, if things were different, things would be different. I guess. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah very tautological argument there. <laughs> like, yeah, but it yeah. is. I mean, I don't think I remember a commercial where they didn't have to talk about policy because the entire selling point all week is let me tell you about Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. He actually likes people. He's decent. He's a human being. Like that's it. That was the whole pit. They did not talk about serious policy discussions, which they have in the past Mm -hmm. because like it's all, that's all you got to say. Yeah. It's not what this is about. It's like, can we just get decency back? And then look, we can have all the fights you want about policy among reasonable people first in line to be pushing Joe Biden as far left as possible. I mean, Colin Harris ran on the Green New Deal. So if that's any kind of telegraph to what his intentions are. Right. I just, I don't know, man. It's been a real stressful couple months. It's going to be a real stressful couple more months. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's all good. Do we have anything else? I'm good. Uh, uh. I think I'm good. Oh, we uh, released a special. Um, oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> a special episode. Mikey and I watched a movie called Hard Flip. It is a movie, a Christian movie about skateboarding, and it is 
fucking ridiculous. And we did, I th- I want to say it was almost two hours, the episode we did about it. And the movie itself was like 85 minutes. So uh, it's <laughs> a lot to say Amazon about it. If you want to watch it, I cannot recommend it more highly. Um, and then my friend Christine uh, messaged us a couple uh, other good Christian movies. And apparently there's one about a woman who finds Christ through horseback riding. So that's obviously my next step as a, uh-huh. as a uh, former equestrian myself. So I don't know. Keep an eye out for that. Um, the rest of them you can all find you can find on Patreon. If you want to hear more from me and my husband and some other friends, uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast, three bucks a month and you get a bajillion extra episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And also Cooper Duper is my other podcast. Oh, you want to hear something fun? Uh, Kyle McLaughlin, who is the uh, the lead actor in Twin Peaks. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? It doesn't yes. matter. He plays Dale Cooper. He was he, on Sex and the City. He was in Sex and the City. And I, I know my random pop culture. culture. And he was in the Flintstones movie. And when Mikey met him, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played, um, <laughs> he played um, uh, Fred Flintstone's boss. Dear and God. we met him once at like a wine event because he owns a winery, which is where yeah. At a wine event, and he he was like, "Oh, what do you want me to sign the bottle?" Saying he and Mikey, we'd had a little wine. Then he's like, "Anything from the Flintstones movie," and <laughs> which is uh, exactly what I'm sure he wants to hear. Yes, exactly. He had a great <laughs> sense of humor about it. I really liked him. Anyway, we ordered a bunch of uh, a few bottles of his wine, and Mikey put a really nice picture of it, and he retweeted it and thanked us. Aww. So we're right. trying to get um, Pursued by Bear, which is the name of the winery, to sponsor us. We do have about yes. 75 listeners per week. So I'm not <laughs> going to be a greatly influential You don't campaign. have to know that. They don't have to know that. They won't ask to see our records. Anyway, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. And I'm at Hemant Meta. Yep. I think that's all we got. Can you hear my dog talking in her sleep? Not yet. Uh, she's she's been very noisy lately. Okay. Oh, um, all right. I will we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.